Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. I'm sorry, am I not interesting enough? I thought we, I didn't know we were starting yet. I know, I just wanted to make you feel oh. bad. <laughs> you didn't say like, all right, and usually I go, oh, are we recording? And I just, you were staring at your phone and I just, oh, I was texting. I wanted some attention. So. Sorry. Hey, Allison. Do you want me to tell her you say Hi. No, I just told her. (laughs) She'll hear it next week. Okay, cool. What's up? Oh, nothing. At all. Uh, I I cut my hair. (gasps) It looks so good, guys. I did. Check it out on Instagram, because it looks really good. That's the most likes I've ever gotten on an Instagram picture, by the way. And it happened overnight. I had, like... Two or three hundred likes or something like that. The comments, too, were so nice. People were I know. so into it. I know. It looks really good. It was... It's a pretty bitchin' style. It really is. It looks really good. I also good. didn't tell any... Well, I, I hinted at my family. I was like, what would you do if I cut my hair short? <laughs> and then by the end of the day, I was like, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna cut my hair. Your mom responded while you were in oh, the yeah. barbershop. She... <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I texted my dad and he was cool with it. I t- texted my sisters and they were fine with it and um but they responded right away and they were like it would be awesome you should try it you should do it nice and then i told my mom and she never responded and i was like well she's gonna wake up to a surprise tomorrow <laughs> and as i was in the barbershop the she texted me and was like well you have my blessing and i was like Whew. yeah <laughs> just in the nick of time i guess uh, that's the last piece of the puzzle so i've been wanting to do it for a long time so it looks really good i'm very excited except with the way that they styled it, it doesn't actually look good the way it was supposed to be styled. It actually looks better 
as bedhead. Yeah, which is like so. I'm rare. Like, super lucky. Yeah, and you should definitely not take that for granted. <laughs> I texted Christine after my first shower with short hair, and I gave her a run through. Oh, of, a play like, by play. A total play by play of all my thoughts that I had. I didn't realize what a difference it is. I'm like collected every thought and then just texted them to me. <laughs> I like numbered them one through ten. Uh-huh. I was like, of most importance, here are all of my thoughts. I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> I was pretty jealous. <laughs> no, my hair dries in literally thirty seconds now. You were like, I can whip my hair on like a dog. <laughs> I d- I tried the dog shake thing and it works pretty well. Oh, that is crazy. But it's yeah, pretty nice. It's awesome. I'm glad you finally did it. I also came back from Seattle and saw Allison. That was yeah, very fun. They went to the Renaissance Fair. We did, and she got a bullseye at the archery table that's incredible i saw your post mm-hmm. and what a badass you've got we actually did we in like um in three days we actually did like a lot of stuff nice like we were super busy so. that's very like both of you like i prefer to just lay around all day well but i actually do prefer to lay around all day but but i feel like I guess you're the in only one who ever invites me to things because i'm like can't we just sit in the house and <laughs> no, drink <laughs> my like my ideal day is to not leave the okay. house but i'm also in a relationship now so i have to like pretend i care about being outside so uh, Allison, I hope you plugged your. <laughs> I hope you retroactively plug your ears. She's she's trapped at this point. She can't get away. It's fine. Newsflash: I like hanging out at home. How was being home by yourself? Yeah. So everyone left, <laughs> uh, except Gio because I wouldn't let him leave. Um, and yeah, I made I you know was on a lot of painkillers, so I made a vision board. Yep. I I walked into a giant <laughs> poster today at Christine's, and I was like, what is this? Because it was a bunch of like weird like like ransom letter cut <laughs> cutouts and like a picture of me was on there and she drew a she drew an ipad and then put our sticker on the fake drawn screen of the ipad oh yeah because i'm manifesting an ipad right now <laughs> and i was like what is this and she's like oh yeah i made a vision board while i was high on painkillers <laughs> i was like you had a weekend i mean you gotta admit it was pretty good it actually it has a lot of it's not done yet but i'm working on it and you got featured so i did can't be mad uh, yeah, so I did that. I even put the Nickelodeon, my rejection letter from last year, and then crossed out all the parts where they said they rejected me <laughs> in the hopes that this year they won't reject me. <laughs> so still in the running. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. But um, yeah, so that's my life. Uh, anyway, I feel like I have something to say. Um, do you? Yeah. Well, we have a podcast. This oh, right. Is a wonderful platform to do that. I have something to say. Okay. This episode is brought to you by our good friend, Eric Skull. Eric Skull. What a name. I feel like that's also fitting to be our first uh, sponsored yeah. Patreon donor. Definitely. It's very fitting. Uh, with his last name being Skull. It works for both of our categories. Do you think he changed his name just so he could be on the podcast? Yeah. Probably. Um, to Eric, I mean. Oh. <laughs> that was like the lamest <laughs> joke ever. Oh, but it was rich. Oh, God. Oh, that was so good. Uh, yeah, yeah, good for you, Dad. Thanks. Um, so Eric is one of our $25 patron donators. And, um, so we, every episode, we're going to have a $25 patron sponsor the episode. So this week, our first one is sponsored by Eric Skull. So thank you so much for your Patreon support. Um, you're also going to get to choose a topic for our mini video episodes where we will be trying to live record us not losing track. I feel bad for you guys already. I feel bad for you. You're the one that's got to edit this. Oh, that's true. It's going to be a video, isn't it? Yeah, like, it, we, well, you know what? It just means we're going to have to not fuck up. You're giving me hives. <laughs> my Tourette's is starting to, like, yeah. I'm, like, twitching at the table. This is going to be us on video. I'm going to be, like, spasming. <laughs> we're just going to be, like, convulsing in weird ways. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to give a shout out. I, I don't know how to, I, feel, I have a lot of mixed emotions about this. Um, 
the remember how last week we I brought up the person who left us an iTunes review? Yeah. That said, how did they write back? The sun doesn't shine out of our butts, and we we joked about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I happen to go on our iTunes reviews, and I see this update revised review, and I oh, went, no. uh oh. <laughs> and Lizzie Lou, I'm sorry, we didn't mean to shame you on air. I'm sorry. Wait, did she think we were shaming her? She goes. I heart you guys, really. I'm the poo head who wrote the thing about sunshiny poo holes. I'm so sorry. I heard you talk about my review on your Aww. last podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, you really do read your reviews. Yes. Yes, yeah. I love that I can revise this whenever I feel the urge. I was obviously eating my bitch flakes the day I wrote that mean stuff. Sorry. <laughs> your personalities make this podcast. You really do rock. The sun most light, most certainly does shine out of y'all's bums, which is all I wanted to hear. Thank you very much. You know, next time she's having a bad day, she can just go rewrite and be like, you know what? <laughs> Never mind. After this, she's going to be like, uh, I take it all back. <laughs> I retract my second <laughs> remark. <laughs> and I felt, and she goes, I was having a super day, poopy day. I'm so sorry. I want to be team wine anti-milkshake. So we're, I didn't mean to shame you. We were just joking around. Thank you for the kind <laughs> words. Yep. All right. I just wanted to say, like, sorry. We don't, like, publicly like, humiliate people on purpose. <laughs> no, we just keep tabs on those who do. Right. Sure. <laughs> we just have them in our back pocket if we need them. Right. Do you think we can do that about every bad review? Just, like, yell at them over there? I don't know. We should go back to that first review you ever saw. Ugh, one time Christine one. saw a review and she was trying to play it cool. It was like our first bad review we ever got. It was in Canada. And I know that hurt me more. It hurt. And she, uh, she was like, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to be cool. And then like five minutes later, she's like, but also what the fuck? <laughs> I <laughs> held it together for maybe 25 seconds. <laughs> um, we got one that says, this has to be the worst podcast I ever heard. It's so long because of the silliness of these two girls. They are so crazy. And I'm like, well, are you like... Well, also Christine's like... Hi? Like, screen name was I'm Always Crazy. <laughs> so it's really a compliment. Thank you. So, like, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> um, also, last thing, for anybody who I'm, like, sending... Who's getting Patreon donations, it came to my attention that one of the packages I sent out, the postage from Stamps.com wasn't quite enough, so they had to pay the difference in the oh, shipping shit which is like the last fucking thing i want is for you guys to have to be like paying the post office sorry so, sorry sorry guys so if that ha- i don't know i'm still new to the whole stamps.com thing um and i want to apologize if this has happened anybody please tell me because i want to fix it or send you a sticker or everyone something. is going to send you their personal information be like, i need five dollars now yeah they're be like oh it was 35 dollars it's like price. no big like lisa's gonna text us from norway and be like listen i need a hundred dollars and i yeah. need it tomorrow listen i know but so i if that happened to you truly i'm sorry and let me know oh also sorry if you got dog hair if you got G hair in your merch that happened last week so now i have to like intensively vacuum before i ship anything so <laughs> everyone's like let's clone geo and i was like oh boy oh my but can you imagine just a sea of geos <laughs> no that's oh. my nightmare um <laughs> it's okay. my heaven weird sorry that i've just been rambling that's kind of all my points for the day Do i got none okay good mine were all selfish i, just I got to see my girlfriend and i cut my hair yeah we get it your life's great okay <laughs> i was home alone making vision boards high on percocet but you know it's fine so what are you drinking um, I'm drinking some white wine. Are you wine. mixing with your Percocet? No. Oh, I know, I this know. This would have been a fun episode if oh, you were. you don't want that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Give the people what they want, Christine. I decided to have a glass of wine tonight, so I'm not on painkillers, so sorry. Mom, Dad, trust me. Uh, also, my dad called me earlier today, and he goes, <laughs> he goes, oh, hey, so you know what? He has a drone accent that I can't emulate. I'm sorry in advance. Um, but <laughs> he goes, uh you know what? We just moved an office to Westchester, Ohio, and uh, it's so crazy. Do you know what they call Coca-Cola there? And I went, what? And he goes, dope. Ha, 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 ha. 
And I was like, It just really goes to show you he doesn't listen to the show. No, he does, because he just heard that episode. Oh, I thought he was trying to give you a fun fact, and you could have been like, listen, we just talked about this on the show. Oh, no, he literally was saying it to be like, haha, I got you. And I was like... Well, then I I stand corrected. You have a wonderful father. (laughs) Yeah, well, he listens to it now, and then he said, um, he was like, haha, I got you. I listen to them sometimes, and I find things out about you. Oh, by the way, I also heard you're moving into a house. That's interesting knowledge to find out through my daughter's podcast. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, my mother tells me every single time I talk to her, I'm so glad you have Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter and a podcast, because otherwise I wouldn't know anything about you. And I'm like, oh, my God, could not be more passive aggressive. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, apparently he listens now. And then he goes, yes, now I have to listen to all this. Oh, god damn it and shit and fuck and i was like oops so <laughs> i'm gonna be in my head a little bit about that for a few episodes but it seems like he's cu- getting over it so I, you have to leave the cussing to me <sighs> yeah i'll just have to say golly gee <laughs> he says i'm not gonna say oh my god you know take the lord's name in vain oh right right so i'm gonna have to figure something out okay well are we talking about why we drink at all or i mean i drank because i was alone all week but why oh, okay. do you drink because I miss Gio, honestly. I just I had a great time with him. And he, he loves my haircut, guys. Oh, yeah. And was like, will he recognize me? Well, this was the first time that I've ever, like, not worn a hat around him. That's true. And so we were, like, button heads and, like, like... I was trying to finish my notes, and they spent 15 minutes on the floor, like, head wrestling. Yeah. And, like, rolling around, like, actual dogs. I, well, he kept licking my head, and I've never felt him lick my head before, because I mean, a because, hat's always been in the way. No, because that's not a normal thing. <laughs> I don't, look, I'm just going to take it as a, a good sign. All right. But uh, but he had a good time. Yeah, you both, don't kid me, you both had a good time. We had a great time. <laughs> I missed him so much. Yeah, so that happened. Um, anyway, now that you guys have heard about all our dysfunctional relationships. You know what? I'm just going to throw it out. You failed the test. What are you drinking? I knew you'd fail. What are you drinking? Well, I don't even have the drink in front of me. Exactly. Oh, well. See? When I call you out on it, of course you're going to win. Takes one and no one. Uh, I'm drinking a a milkshake that's still in your freezer, so I should probably go get that. Okay. Elevator music. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Uh, I thought I was, but now I can't find my notes. Oh, here it is. I swear to God, Em, this is like your weird habit. Uh, like, either I either don't have my notes, or I have notes and they're entirely messy. So it's like, you know, once again, we'll go on a journey together. Let's just put it that way. I'm never going to tire of our journeys together. Okay, you ready? Oh, you better <laughs> believe it. <laughs> All right. Bring it on. It is, um, oh, I also didn't write the location or the name. Oh my God, Em. <laughs> once again, we're back to elementary school with M. Schultz, uh, I don't know what I'm reporting on. That's our spinoff podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I do remember. It's um, in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, I was just there for a wedding. Hey, my cousin who just started listening to the podcast because my brother told her about it last week. I just went to her wedding in Birmingham, Alabama. Aww. I know. So a shout out to Yulia whenever she hears this. And let me guess. She's German. She is. Hmm. All right. Why did you say that with such disdain, Em? No, I was taking a shot in the dark. All right. Go ahead. Um... Okay, it's called the Sloss Furnaces. That sounds scary. I don't know what it is, but it They're already... They're furnaces. Yeah, but Sloss Furnaces sounds really scary. Fun fact, it's a National Historical Landmark. Hmm. And, um... So fun. So we're one bullet down. Oh my god, you are doing... <laughs> Do you want me to validate you? Is that what this is? Um, you're, we're all really proud of you. We're all cheering you on. 
everybody in their cars is just <laughs> hooting and hollering on your behalf. Everyone on their commute to work is just full of information now. Everyone's also changing the channel uh, <laughs> to a different podcast. Okay, so um, it was open from 1882 to 1971. And the Sloss furnaces were um, right on the cusp of the Industrial Revolution. So anyone that was working, their, their whole job was to make steel. Mm. Um, and the two main ingredients were coal and ore. Mm-hmm. Okay. My dad works in steel, so I hear all these things about slag pots all the time. Can you explain to me what ore is? You mine it from the ground, and then you turn it into, I think, coke? Yes. Wow. Wow, you're not kidding. Yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding. No, because I remember reading about coke and being like, okay. Oh, you mean dope? More like the drug is what i was thinking <laughs> but okay so you know your shit yep yeah i mean you could say that i know a lot about metallurgical steel well equipment corporation of china i think you're just trying to get your dad to acknowledge you a little more i just want his approval that's all i want <laughs> so um there have been over a hundred reports of paranormal activity oh, um God. according to the police the police yes like the birmingham police Oh, geez. Okay. And um, it ranges from, like, minor incidents to, like, hearing whistles all the way to, like, physical assault. Shit. And uh, mainly these reports are coming in during September and October, which happened to be the months that were the graveyard shift um, at the furnaces because that was, like, right before winter. I guess they worked a little later. Oh, okay, okay. I get it, like coal and steel and all that. You yeah. be Keep warm. you warm, yeah. yeah. And uh, I know things. They actually ended up having to discontinue the graveyard shift in the last years of the furnace being functional because so many people were having strange incidents while they were working that it started to actually disrupt production because so many people kept getting haunted. Oh, my God. So the first... And that uh, can't have been cheap for them either to just, like, no, I know. cut a whole ship. Well, maybe Geo feels differently. He always does, you know. Every time. He's still got things to say. Say it again, Gio. Until you want him to. No. Nope. Well, until you want him to. In 1887, one worker named Richard Jowers, he was trying to change the bell on one of the furnaces. Mm-mm. And he was walking around the edge of the furnace. Nope. As you don't. You don't do that. <laughs> and uh, he lost his footing. Casual. Oh, yeah. He lost his balance and fell into the molten <laughs> iron and was incinerated. Oh, my God. And the workmen tried to save what was left of him by, like, using a pipe. What was left of to him? To try and fish him out. Why would you even try to fish someone out that's already half burnt away? Where they're like, oh, we can save a kneecap. Yeah, right. Well, fish they, it out. They ended up only finding a shoe with a foot inside of it, which <laughs> seems to be the bane of my existence on M, this podcast. Every disembodied foot is going to haunt you. They just all seem to find me. Also, in the early 1900s, um, there was a, a foreman, a shift foreman, who worked during the graveyard shift, and his name was James Wormwood. Oh, what a name. Isn't that Matilda's last name? I, I was about to say, it sounds like yeah. a Roald Dahl character. Yeah, yeah. Probably because it is a Roald Dahl character. And um, he, they called him Slag. Does that mean anything? Slag pot, like I said. What? It's a slag pot. That's a thing. What's a slag pot? I don't know, but I had to order them from China when I worked oh. at my dad's company. Okay. So that's... Dad, what's a slag pot? Because I, I still don't know. <laughs> right in through an iTunes review or something. Um... <laughs> right. Right in through a five-star iTunes review, <laughs> if you know what a slag pot is. Um, <clears throat> so during the summer, the plant would reach up to like 120 degrees. Oh, no. And this was also in the early 1900s. Right. So no AC. So like no AC. No, no one cares if you're hot. 
Um, <laughs> no one cares if you're hot. Okay. Well, I mean, like, no one like is even aware of AC to like feel ungrateful. Right. Sure. Um, and everything's on fire around you. So right. it's like, <laughs> you know, like hell. What's AC gonna do, really? So there was a <laughs> like hell. There was a lot of um, lack of sleep, plus the heat, plus low visibility in the company, like in the uh, in, near the furnaces, because it was getting dark earlier. It made working by the furnace really horrible, and like basically, unless you were the poorest, most desperate employee, you did not want to work. No. And James Wormwood, who was the shift uh, foreman, he wanted to impress his supervisors, and so he would force people to speed up their production by making them like do harder, more dangerous tasks. Um, he was in charge of 150 men, and 47 died under him. <gasps> 40? That's almost a third. It was 10 times more than any other shift in the history of the company. Oh, my God. And there was actually one incident on record that there was, like, a small explosion at some point, and six of his workers were burned so badly they went blind. Oh, my God. Oh, uh. sorry, Dad. I mean, oh, my goodness. <laughs> How do you say it in... Does he speak French? Yes, he does. Okay. Uh, does he speak Spanish? Dios mío. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, so, one day... So, he was a horrible guy. He was, like, known as, like, he a cruel, unpleasant like, boss. Like, some sort of Scrooge, yes. but worse... So he one day was working up near the furnaces and the methane gas made him get really dizzy. Mm. So he lost his balance and he fell into an enormous pool of the melted iron. Oh my God. And he died. And the pool was the fun fact, the pool that he fell into was the highest blast furnace at the plant. And it was known as big Alice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Throw that in there. Not going to question that. Sometimes I throw things in to see if you're going to, like, make a joke that'll, like, really land on the show. It usually doesn't, does it? doesn't, usually. <laughs> it so never actually Once works. again, Big Alice was a big flop. From the <laughs> point, from that point on, um, after he died, workers have felt a strange presence, like, near where he died. And actually, the it became so aggressive and so common after he died that that was what ended up causing the graveyard shift to have to get shut down. So, oh, I see. Okay. So they think he's, like, the main spirit that's haunting um what a dick the area and it happens to be right where he died what was his name again james slag wormwood what a he sounds like a character that would be Mm -hmm. like a modern day scrooge or like yeah yeah just sounds like a shitty guy wormwood slag wormwood (laughs) so um in 1926 a guard was injured after he was this is like one of the examples that he's been haunting the place in 1926, which is 20 years later, a guard was injured after he was pushed from behind and told in an angry voice, get back to work. And we turned around. No one was there. Ah. Um, he searched the entire facility and he was the only one left in the building. <gasps> in 1947, there were three supervisors who were all found knocked out unconscious in the boiler room. What? And they were locked in there. And they were locked from the inside. What? So that means they had to have locked themselves in and then fall unconscious. And when they were found, none of them could remember how they got in there or even working together in that room. So that none of them were even with each other the last they remember. But all of them say that the last thing they saw was a man with burned skin yelling at them to go push some steel. Oh, my God. And then they, like, blacked out and woke up locked in a boiler room from the inside, which means someone with them had to lock the door and then leave while they were unconscious. That's terrifying. Yeah, so nobody could have left because it was locked from the exactly. inside. Exactly. So oh, the door had to have locked itself. Yikes. So in 1971, it was the night before the plant officially closed, and there was one security guard left named Samuel Blumenthal. Belinda. Like Belinda. 
Bless her. Ah, oh, bless her. You think that's her grandpa? Oh, yeah, now I do. Obviously. Belinda blinked. <laughs> Samuel blinked. If you haven't listened to it, my dad wrote a porno. It, I've had people um, tweet at me and ask what my favorite porn... Not porn. <laughs> <laughs> Em, you need yeah. to block those people. <laughs> what? <laughs> what my favorite podcast is, and hands down, the answer is my dad wrote a porno. <laughs> it's also my favorite porn. People and, tweet at me, what's your favorite porn? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my favorite podcast and my favorite porn. Oh, that's heads down. funny. Dad, it's a podcast. It's not actual It porn. is also a porn. It's really funny, though. It this, is so this funny. This guy's dad wrote a porno, and the, he, his son and his friends read it. But it's like... Like, everyone in 2017 knows dad culture, where, like... Yeah. Like, just... It's the most dad thing possible. Like, right. it's written so... Either so overly correct that you have to make fun of him for being so, like, hyper-accurate. Right. Or, like, he's so dead wrong. Like, he doesn't know what a cervix is. Like, like it's he, just so funny. He can't spell YouTube. Like, <laughs> He <laughs> like, spells it with a U. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, though, because the next day after I listened to that episode, my dad texted me and said, go watch this on YouTube and spelt it the same way. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, no. Is your dad... I, Rocky Flint- Flintstone. Rocky Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> I think my dad wrote a porno. <laughs> Dad, you better not have written a porno. I don't want to be a part of any of that. I guarantee you my mom's written a porno. Oh, sure. That should be the sequel. We should we should pair up with them. Linda wrote a porno. We'll, we'll be the American version, and it'll be my mother, not my father. Oh, boy. It'll be real interesting. It'll be great. And my mom won't give herself a, a ghostwriter name. She'll just go full confidently. Sure, into I'm her, Linda. I'm Linda, <laughs> and I wrote a porno. <laughs> She's going to be like, no, I'm, I'm going to read it to oh, my yeah. audience. She would do a dramatic reading every time. <laughs> Oi. Anyway. Sorry. Where were we? Something about a guy named Blumenthal, like Belinda's oh. grandfather. <laughs> right. Okay, so Samuel Blumenthal, on the night that the plant closed, he was the last security guard to close up the place. and Or he was supposed to be. He was taking one last look around the plant, and he saw a, quote, half man, half demon. Oh, my. And the creature tried to force him up the stairs. Oh, my God. Um, when he refused, why, first of all, why would you refuse? <laughs> um, no. If, if half a man, half a demon is telling you to do something, you just do it. <laughs> it's actually the end of my shift. Uh, <laughs> actually, I'm really tired. I if you could get someone out. Else. <laughs> um, if you could get someone else to go up the stairs, yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> just look around. If you can't find anyone, I'll do it last case. But <laughs> as a, as a result of him saying no to the half demon uh the creature began to beat him mercilessly i'm sorry what as a result uh samuel had been covered with burns and from getting beaten up mm-hmm. oh yeah he ended up having to go to the hospital like he had to call other guards to come get him and like like bus him to the ambulance to the hospital and he was there alone when they arrived yeah right? oh and he had my. crazy burns all over him and he died not long after the encounter <gasps> he died and upon examination uh blumenthal was found covered with intense burns all over his body that could not have been done on him on his own oh my god so what who knows he didn't like roll into a furnace and then roll out or something no <laughs> no no i don't think that's a thing <laughs> um so then there was also a worker who um, this was obviously before the plant died, but this was another interesting story that I found and I didn't know the year. Um, there was a worker who used to eat his lunch near one of the large flywheels that was used to power the scalding boilers. Oh, right. Those. And, uh, you weren't supposed to stand next to them, but he liked it because I guess the wheel created like a draft. There was like a fan and it oh, pulled them off. Oh, okay. I don't blame him. Yeah, me either. 
And uh, it's like, I'd rather die than be hot. <laughs> Sounds like some so, stupid shit we would do. Right. Um, as he, so one day he was eating his lunch by the, the big wheel and his clothes got snagged by nope. the wheel and he got dragged into the machine. M. And as he was getting crushed, M. it took workers over 10 minutes to shut the machine down. M. Oh my God. And his body became so mangled that it became unrecognizable by the time the machine stopped. I mean, he was dead, right, at that point? There was a quote saying that every two seconds he'd come back around the wheel and there would be less of him. (sighs) I don't know at which point he died. Oh, no. But he was absolutely dead by the time they stopped the machine, so at that point, why stop it? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, that's the kind of boss I'd be. I'm sorry. Keep it running. Are you Slag uh, (laughs) reincarnated? No, I'm Belinda Blumenthal's grandfather. (laughs) What is his name? Slag Wormwood? Slagwormwood. That's a fake name. <laughs> well, yeah. Nobody's named that. Um, okay, so anyway, there were also um, two more men who were killed near the same location, which makes the wheel a popular spot during uh, investigations now. Oh. Um, other ways people died. They were scalded by steam. Great. Uh, splashed by hot iron. Uh-huh. Pinched by railroad cars. Electrocuted. And like the guy in the wheel, he was snatched up in machinery. Two of the men were burned alive inside a furnace while they were cleaning it. Did, did somebody, like, turn it on while they were in there? No, the the gas, uh, it wasn't clean enough for them to be going in there and breathing it in. Oh, and so they passed out while, and then the furnace turned on on its own later. Um, they both <clears throat> passed out in there and it turned, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. There was a shed that collapsed on a bunch of workers that killed them. One foreman was pinned against the iron flow and literally burned in half. Uh, most of the electrocutions that happened there came from either the water recycling tanks and the steam shovels and the rest fell into the molten steel and were incinerated either, um, before or after dying from carbon monoxide poisoning and, or killed by geysers out of the steam pipe bursts, you know, yep. Just to be that person. But I was thinking when you said those three guys were in that room and they were locked in, um, and I, my first thought was like, maybe it was carbon monoxide poisoning because mm-hmm. that makes you do weird paranoid stuff. Yeah. And it knocks you out. I mean, yeah. Just I mean, thought. no, if you're going to be a skeptic, that's probably the most accurate theory anyone would have. It was just like my, my one thought of what else could it be, but mm-hmm. who knows? And it was a boiler room. So who knows what yeah. kind of stuff was going on there? Most of the, um, like the more terrifying occurrences happened, um, like, basically, had Slag Wormwood been working, the time that his shift was happens to always be the time that these incidents happen oh. on the property. Oh, so people were injured more during that time. During period. the time that Slag would have been working. Ugh. Um, and so that's all of the history of it. But in 2000, uh, Fox's, Fox had a show called Scariest Places. Mm-hmm. I love that show. Yeah, it was a great show. So it had one of the highest... They went to Sloss Furnaces and said that it was one of the highest rates of unnatural energy they had ever seen. Wow. Um, in 2002, a CBS team investigated the site and they like left before they were even there for more than 10 minutes. No way. In 2003, the Alabama Foundation for Paranormal Research said, there is no doubt that this is a hotspot for paranormal activity. During our investigations, we pulled data that confirms through our scientific methods and approach that energies are present and cannot be explained. This is one of the most active places I've ever seen. Whoa. Also in 2003, they had a crew member that went with them. Yeah. 
and he just caught on fire. <laughs> I'm sorry, wait. The poor guy. Was he just like, this actually happened on the anniversary of Samuel Blumenthal's burn attack. Shut up. In the same room that he supposedly got burned in. And he literally caught on fire, which is technically what could have happened to Samuel Blumenthal. And uh, like spontaneous human combustion. So this guy, his name was Jason, and he survived. And he said before it happened, he saw a strange shape standing in front of him. Mm-hmm. And then he like kind of blacked out and his whole body just felt really hot. Um, he said he suffered burns up and down his body and was taken to the hospital, but he still cannot totally recall what happened. So he was literally burned. Like he went to he, the hospital and had physical burns. Yes. Oh my God. Um, cause sometimes when people have like a scratch or like a red mark, it's like hard yeah, to tell. No, but it's if like you're... A f- up and down his body. Oh my God. In 2005, there were two psychics who went to investigate and one began to spontaneously bleed from cuts that he didn't have okay. before the investigation. Um, and it was right after he started sensing someone that had died from a really bad injury where he bled a lot. Ugh. And I don't know where he started bleeding. And there was a clip I saw. There was something. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. It's called FurnaceFrights.com, I think. <laughs> I'm telling because everyone's always like, where are all these clips? So I, rem- I remembered the website. So on episode. Is this episode 30? Yeah. So on episode 30, I'm finally actually like Congrats. doing something right. Yeah, I feel like we should high five about that. So on, it's called Furnace Frights, and they have a whole tab for videos. And there was one where the psychic's bleeding actually shows up. Oh, my God. Like it's like in one of the clips. Furnace Frights what? Just Google Furnace Frights. Frightfurnace.com. Okay. I almost had it. You were close. It's fine. I, I'm used to saving the day. I know. Yeah, they have videos. Yeah. Wait, so is it... Oh, this is just for the Sloss Furnaces. This is all about the Sloss Furnaces. Oh, my God. They have... Oh, yeah, you're right. They have, like, actual videos, you guys. They have a bunch of videos, and they also have a whole bunch of um, uh, experience, like, reviews. But I will say that a lot of the reviews aren't accurate because they're, one, from 2007, and, two, um, those reviews are mixed with the uh, haunted house attraction that this place does. So a lot of it is like, there's a guy with a chainsaw and it's like, not, not really. Like it's (laughs) it's an attraction. They like, don't reference Uh, it well. uh, Also, do you want to know one of their sponsors? Hmm. Dope. Oh, soda. (laughs) Coca-Cola. God, I can't stop referencing that. It's everywhere. Coke is one of their sponsors and they, Coke is what they made at the, Hey, that's pretty funny. I like how Coke and dope are both drugs. That's true. So, okay, so psychics started bleeding. Let's just leave it at that. In 2009, the Alabama Paranormal Association, they uh, did an investigation and they were doing, um, they were reading for EVPs, electronic voice phenomena. And at some point, one of the investigators tripped and fell. And when you play the EVP back, you can hear right after she fell, you can hear a man say, I'm sorry. Oh. Like as if he like knocked into her or something. Oh, God. I was hoping it wasn't someone to be laughing. No, not That's, that time. At least it's a polite ghost. In 2011, the workers inside Sloss, um, oh, this is not in 2011 because the plane had like, shut down. The workers? No, no, no. Um, that I, I wrote two notes at once. I'll do them separately. Okay. The seasonally employed ghosts. Oh, I know what I did. Okay, this did happen in 2011. So when the Sloss furnaces were open, the workers inside were not allowed to wear any ear protection because they needed to be able to hear the emergency whistle in case someone fell in the furnaces. <laughs> so you weren't. <laughs> but so I guess the machinery though was like deafening. So if you didn't have ear protection, you were just going deaf. Oh anyway. yeah, nowadays you have to wear those giant. Yeah, yeah. 
So in 2011, um, another investigation team went in and they were using the spirit box that like says words out loud to you. Mm-hmm. And you can hear um, through an EVP, just like a normal tape recorder, you can hear clear as day. And this is actually one of the videos on the, the website. You can absolutely hear a whistle blowing and you can hear a man screaming, saying something like emergency or stop or something like that. And you can you can definitely hear it and it's not anyone in the on the team. So how does the spirit box work? Is it Well like that a, was just an EVP. That was just like a tape oh, that recorder. Was an EVP. But um but the spirit box just says like like essentially Microsoft Sam robot voice. Right. Okay, so it just says words. Yes. Okay. So um so then they brought up the spirit box and it started spitting out random like a rapid stream of words and it like no one could hear, like, understand what it was saying. But all of a sudden, really slowly, it started saying a bunch of names. And when they looked back, they were all people who worked there. Shut up. So they said Jameson, Carol, Murphy. And then they went on to say other names, too. But, Wait, are you serious? Yeah. they like, But only those names were said really slowly. So the spirit so, box can say, like, words that aren't necessarily, like, like you can dog, house, tree. Like, it can say, like, it can, specific names. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a full dictionary of every English word. Including names? Including names. Oh, my God. through the regular tape recorder you could also hear screams bangs footsteps that definitely didn't happen while they were there and uh they also um they also ended up going back and getting more evidence and it ended up inspiring ghost adventures to go in 2012 uh to check it out and i guess in their episode they actually got physically attacked and it was caught on film they have the videos on there i was just saying Mm -hmm. ghost adventures so um taps who are the ghost hunters and mm-hmm. ghost adventures they also filmed there and they said that they had so much evidence that they actually went back after the show to like do a personal investigation on their own and got even more stuff like they said that they just it was like the most active places they've ever been to interesting um so now it's a local center um it's like used for concerts parties actually one of our friends who listens to the show caroline mm-hmm. she went to school in alabama and she said she went to a like a masquerade ball or something. There. Oh, cool. Um, but some of the last minute things that people have seen, um, people have seen eyes staring at them from down the hallway. They've seen floating apparitions on stairs behind them when they turned around, not just like through their head. Um, <laughs> people have seen Richard Jowers in work coveralls standing next to the furnace where he died. Oh my God. Um, managers will only shut down the building now during the buddy system because they're too afraid to walk by themselves. I don't blame them. One man felt someone staring at him, and after he left the corridor, um, he looked back, uh, like he felt someone staring at him while he was walking down that corridor, and he didn't look behind him. Like, he just, like, he knew he was by himself. He didn't hear footsteps. He just felt someone staring at him. Right. So he turned and ended up going up some stairs and basically did a, a giant U. And looked out the window to where the other corridor was that he had just been in. Mm-hmm. And he saw, like, three shadows standing there with <gasps> eyes staring back at him. Like, there was a group of spirits following him. And then they looked back at him through the windows to, like, say, like, yeah, we were here. Like, we still see you. Like, we still see you. We know that you sensed us and we know you can see us now. Hell no. Um, and then the other EVPs that have been caught, uh, you can hear a guy say, what happened to me? <gasps> Oh, that's so sad. Someone asked uh, who, if there was anyone there, what their name was. And they said um, Ellington, which I guess was a name of someone who worked there. Um, they've heard, hello, get out. 
when an investigator, his name was Cam, when he asked, say, the name of someone in the room, the spirit box said Cam, 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 oh, no, Cam, no, 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 no. Cam, like just kept talking. No, 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 no. Um, M, M, N. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, they also got uh, the spirit box saying the word sloss, as in sloss furnaces. Aye. And when they heard it, because you can hear it in real time versus like a tape recorder you have to go back and play it later and like sure. enhance it on a computer the spirit box is immediate so they heard sloss and then one of the investigators was like did we did they just say sloss and then the next word on the spirit box was yes <laughs> oh no um they've also gotten leave bitch <laughs> well that's rude <laughs> and then when they asked is there anyone in the tunnels they got yes we're here uh someone said evil person Another time the spirit box had killed. And then during one of the CBS news crew investigations, it just kept saying video. Like it was being, like they were being videotaped. Oh, because they were doing, yeah. 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 And then they kept saying things about technology, like video, um, equipment, watching us. But yeah. So that's all of it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That one actually like really creeped me out. Well, there you go. I want to ask my dad if he's been there because he goes to because his sister and um brother-in-law live down there that's where my cousin was married um and he travels a lot for his business and he works in steel and he goes to a lot of steel mills so i wonder if he's been oh wow i mean not been there but like i wonder if he knows about it i don't Um, know it's crazy to think like a hundred years ago how different it was and how nobody gave a shit (laughs) i'm sorry am i boring you (laughs) i just hit the bottom that's all yeah so it's it's interesting to think like a hundred years ago Nobody gave a shit if you were hot or, like, your eyeball got gouged out by steel. Yeah, you know? exactly. I'll post this, but one time my dad... I was debating telling you guys this, but... One time my dad was at a steel mill somewhere, and he sent this photo to my entire family. And it was a photo of, like, safety... Like, how to wear your safety gear. And he goes, look, I found a photo of Christina. It looks like me at what? age, like, 13, wearing a weird orange helmet... And he sent it to my whole family, and everyone was like, how did that happen that, like, she was on this... I'm like, that's not me. That's, that's pretty weird. An awkward girl, but it looks... <laughs> I showed it to my mom, and she laughed for probably 25 minutes, because it looks just like me. Oh, weird. It's really creepy. I've shown it to a couple of people. Well, at least you know someone out there has struggled just like you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not alone. I'm, You're not alone. I'm struggling alone. Everyone that looks you. like you struggles. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, wild. Maybe I'll post it if I can find it, but... Anyway, that's all. All right. I'm ready. Are you, though? No, I'm not, because before we start recording, you kept talking about how heavy this is. Guess what story I'm doing? The one that you've been putting off? Yes. All right. Listen. I have been putting this off for weeks, and I asked if people wanted me to do it, and I've gotten enough responses. I've gotten no negative responses i've gotten all yeah you should tell this story because it's important um and people had enough good reasons for that i thought you know what it's worth talking about all right comedy stops here guys (laughs) if you want to laugh leave now if you want to laugh go just turn this off this is the murder of sylvia likens and about a thousand beer bottles just opened and Everyone, wine, wine bottles just cracked open <laughs> all at once. A thousand radio buttons went off. <laughs> um, 
This case was described by a prosecutor in the trial as, quote, the most terrible crime ever committed in the state of Indiana. Okay. Just to give you a heads up. Um, I want to add that the resources I used were Thought Catalog and Indianapolis Monthly. So let's crack into it. <gasps> I'm sorry. No, I have enough wine. I don't have enough milkshake. I just drink it. I mean, do you want some wine? Too bad I'm out. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this story takes place in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh-huh. Um, Sylvia Likens was born between two sets of twins. So Diana and Danny were her older fraternal twins. And then Jenny and Benny were... That's adorable. I know, right? Diana and Danny, mm-hmm. which is like really confusing, I feel like. And then Jenny and Benny, which yeah. is super cute. We're one year younger. So It'd be really was, fucked up if they had like Jenny and Dan and then Benny and Diana. Oh my God. Just nobody, to like fuck with everyone. Nobody would remember that. <laughs> but you know, they wouldn't have known that they were going to have two more twins. Right. That would have been. Okay. I guess they could have changed their names later. Right. Yeah. Okay. This doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, Sylvia was born between two sets of fraternal twins. Uh, her parents, Betty Francis and Lester Cecil Likens were carnival workers. Mm-hmm. Um, the children's childhoods were really rocky and unstable. Uh, to give you an idea, Sylvia moved 14 times and lived in 14 different places by the age of 16. Well, yeah, your parents are carnies, right? Right. So that that makes sense. Exactly. I mean, I'm a clown. I know, I know that lifestyle. You know the life. I know the life. I've been, I've been, I've been there. It's a life of a nomad. Yeah. You You really, if you don't get out early, you don't get out. (laughs) I left at 14. I never looked back. <laughs> that was the wrong time to take a sip. <laughs> at least you didn't have five children. <laughs> That's true. Um, at least you, you know, switched your career from clowning to psychology. No, no. <laughs> went, it went from clowning to psychology, from psychology to TV, from TV to podcasts, and now I just don't know who I am. You need to, like... I need to soul search. Yes. I need to go to Canada. But not yet, because I uh, can't do this without you. <laughs> okay. You need to go to Canada? Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm just going to accept that. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I need to go to the dildo shop. The wooden dildo shop. Oh, that's what I was going to say. What? What were you going to say? On my dad wrote a porno today, they were talking about wooden dildos. Oh. Which oh is, did they say anything about splintering? Because I yes, still have questions. Um, yes. They were talking I'll about it. I'll listen to it later. And then um, the woman, what's her name again? It's James. Alice. Alice, yeah. Alice goes... Big Alice. Alice. Yeah, big. <laughs> we found the joke. Everything. See, I told you. It landed. It landed. I knew it would stick. I'm so clever. Except that you came up with it. Okay, what? Uh, Alice said, can you imagine if it was made of particle board? And I almost like oh my crashed God. my car. Um, but yeah, so we had an episode where we talked about wooden dildos mm-hmm. made in Canada. Remember that girl, Sarah, who everyone shipped me with for a while? Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, Sarah. Oh, I'm sure she's devastated. I know, I know. She's probably thinking, whoo, dodged a bullet. She's like, she talked <laughs> way too much about wooden dildos. Um, but yeah, so... I think she talked the right amount. <laughs> I think it was the perfect amount. I think it's one of our heartier laughs on this show. <laughs> People were like, please don't talk about that ever again. But yeah, they talked about... They well, were like, here we are. They go, oh, a dildo made of wood? What? And I was like, I'm sorry my dad wrote a porno. Have you not listened to And That's Why We Drink? I know, right? God damn it. No, because my first question is... How much shellac do you have to put on that before you sell it for it yes. to splinter? And in the, to not splinter in the story in the chapter, they, they talk about it. They, yeah, but they had them shipped from New Guinea. Oh Lord, they were wooden, from Jonestown wooden dildos from New Guinea. 
That was Guyana. Oh. I'm sorry. Different continent. Okay, by the way, the Netherlands and Norway are not the same. Did I say that? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> and England we, we could is- ask Lisa again if you'd like. <laughs> England is not in Wales. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we are really bad at geography, huh? <laughs> wow. We're not I'm even hiding it. actually a German citizen. Stop blaming everything on that. Indianapolis is in Indiana. Which is in America. Which is in America, which is where these children were. Okay. Look at that segue. It went well. So smooth, right? This time. You almost didn't notice that we were just talking about wooden dildos. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But anyway, back to carnies. (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) It really is an easy transition. Like, wooden dildos. Anyway, back to carnies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Tomato, tomato. Yeah, same thing. Uh, so, buh, 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 buh. Uh, the children's, right, so, anyway, she had moved 14 times by the age of 16, as you understand, um, <laughs> and the parents were always trying to make ends meet, uh, as you understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sylvia and Jenny, so Jenny was the younger, one of the young, the female twin. Right. Younger sister. Underneath her, yeah. So her younger sister, who actually had polio. Aww. Um, they were living with their mother in Indianapolis, because apparently the grandparents adopted, like, the boys, but not the girls. <laughs> All right. Sexist. Listen, I know. Uh, so they were living um, in Indianapolis with their mother um, after their parents had separated. So it was Jenny and Sylvia living together. And then their older sisters. Oh, the older sister at this point was 18. So she was like on her own. But the younger son um, was taken by his grandparents. So uh, Sylvia and her younger sister, Jenny, were living with their mom in Indianapolis and their parents had separated. Uh, but her mom was arrested. Their mom was arrested for shoplifting and went to jail. Mm-hmm. So their father arranged for the girls to move in with a woman in their neighborhood named Gertrude Banishevsky. Okay, uh, who was the mother of one of their new friends named Paula, who was seventeen years old. So Gertrude uh, Banishevsky, aka Gertie, uh, had se- seven children of her own between the ages of seventeen and eighteen months. Jesus, and she was willing to take three more on? Yeah, two more, but yeah. But she agreed to watch Jenny and Sylvia in exchange for $20 a week, uh, which their father, Lester, was going to mail her. Like, that was their agreement. How, what time was this? What time period? Uh, 1960s. Okay, so $20 a week was not $20 today. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. I was like, girl, you, you need to $20. Just up your price. Like, love yeah. yourself a little. Have some respect. <laughs> Babysitters make more than that an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, so this was in the 60s. I forgot to give a time period. Um, so it turns out uh, Gertie uh, was not really a nice lady. <sighs> um, the Indianapolis Star described her as a, quote, haggard, underweight, asthmatic who suffered from depression and the stress of several failed marriages. Mm-hmm. So she started to take her anger out on the new, the two girls who came to live with her. Oh, my. Um, so the first thing that happened when the Lycan's first $20 money order was late. So it was two weeks in and their father's $20 hadn't arrived yet. So Banishevsky uh, dragged the girls upstairs, slapped Jenny and yelled, I took care of you two bitches for a week for nothing. That was the first bit. Just like a kind okay. of a foreshadowing of what was to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, things weren't so bad at first. So for the first few weeks... Sylvia would go to church with the family, uh, listen to records, watch TV with the other kids, go to the park with her friends. And she also went to high school with Stephanie and Paula Banishevsky, who were two of the daughters. daughters, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there were 10 people under one roof. Uh, They didn't have a stove. They only had a hot plate. So they could only really eat soup and crackers. That's like all they ate. 
Uh, they had to eat in shifts because they had three spoons when Sylvia <laughs> and Jenny arrived. Uh, but pretty soon they only had one left. So what they would do is one person would eat with the spoon, rinse it off, and then hand it to the next person. Then the next person would eat their dinner. And they'd go through all ten people Jesus. to eat. Um, and this was in July. So they moved in in July. Um, and at that point, like, there was some bullying of Sylvia. She was a really pretty 16-year-old girl. Um, and they kind of gave her a hard time. She was occasionally picked on and, like, given, like, um, spankings and things like that. Uh, but it quickly went downhill. So sometime in late August, Sylvia let it slip that one time she had had a boyfriend and he had gotten under the bed covers with her. Like, they hadn't done mm. anything, but he had... Right, yeah, sure. No, had he, they really not done anything? Yeah, like, she was like, oh, one time we laid in a bed together. So Gertrude, the mom, yelled, you're going to have a baby and kicked her in the crotch. <gasps> Um, and this fake pregnancy outraged 17-year-old Paula, who happened to actually be pregnant by an older man. Oh, shit. Um, who, so Paula knocked her to the floor and told her, you ain't fit to sit in a chair. And that's when all the anger just started being directed towards Sylvia. So she'd never Wait. slept with anyone. She just... Was there a movie made about this? Yes, there was. With Christina Ricci? I believe so. I've seen the movie. Yeah. I only remember one specific horrible thing that happens. You'll probably hear about it. So it involve dope slash coke? Yes. Oh. But that's not even, like, the worst thing that happens. What? Oh, no. That was as far as the movie could go. Oh, my God. All right, just get it over with. Is coke sponsoring this episode, by the way? No. <laughs> certainly better not because they're gonna realize how much we're shitting all over it is dope sponsoring this episode i sure hope so because i could smoke some right now there's a lot of money in that all right okay so this is kind of where like the anger towards sylvia just like completely heightened um and so it's unclear whether this part actually happened or whether one of the banishevsky daughters made it up but as revenge sylvia apparently told some of her classmates in high school that the two oldest girls stephanie and paula were quote prostitutes um, and again, she's 16 and they're like bullying the crap out of her. So who knows? Like she might've just said it as like an aside or mm-hmm. the older sisters. A lot of people think the older sisters made it up as an mm-hmm. excuse to be angry at her. Um, and Stephanie, her 15 year old boyfriend, Coy Hubbard heard about that, uh, about how she had called his girlfriend a prostitute. So he beat Sylvia up and he was studying judo, so he started practicing his judo on Sylvia for the next couple of months. He would flip her against walls. He would flip her onto the floor. Um, and then after that, Gertrude gave Sylvia a beating because she had spread false rumors about her daughter. I remember in the movie version, it was that, like, she said something that, like, absolutely got misconstrued by, like, the friend she said it to. And that friend ended up telling everyone that the sisters were prostitutes. But, like, Gertrude didn't actually do anything. Or not Gertrude. Um, Sylvia, Sylvia didn't actually yeah. do anything. That's that's the biggest theory is that she didn't do anything. And a lot of the articles I read were like, even if she did, like, of course she did. Because yeah. she's 16 and these people are like abusing the crap out of her. And she just, it's it's one of those things. I, uh, I think in the Thought Catalog article, it was like, you know, if someone says, oh, you're stupid. Then you go, no, you're stupid. You know, yeah. somebody's like abusing you. So you turn around and go, well, yeah. you're Right, right, right. Retaliating. Go, oh, you're pregnant. And she goes, no, you're a prostitute. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's called being 16. It's called <laughs> being 16. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people believe she didn't even say anything, and they just kind of made it up. Um, so Gertrude, the mother, 
uh, encouraged the neighborhood children to build their hatred towards Sylvia. She told one of Sylvia's friends named Anna that Sylvia had called Anna's mother a hooker. So Anna attacked Sylvia, and apparently Sylvia clutched her stomach during the attack and yelled, Oh, my baby, because Gertrude and the children had convinced Sylvia that she was actually pregnant because she didn't understand that she, she really thought she had gotten pregnant and that she had messed up because she didn't understand that, like, that's not how it worked, you know? So um, it's so really, sad. really sad. And so Paul, okay. So she really thought that she had been pregnant at that point. Um, so Paula, who was the one who was actually pregnant, uh, her new habit was hitting Sylvia in the head with anything she could find. So dishes, bottles, cans, etc. The one spoon, the, the single spoon. No, they don't want to waste that. Right. Yeah. Um, sometimes when a group of kids were beating Sylvia up, they would order her little sister, Jenny, who still lived there, the one with polio to hit her. Um, and she would refuse, but Gertrude would slap her in the face until she complied. That's so sad. And then later she said that she used her left hand because she didn't want to hurt her by using her dominant right hand. Um, so things get (laughs) a lot worse. Like that's just like child's play. Fuck. In early October, Sylvia needed an outfit for gym class like it was required from her school. But Gertrude wouldn't give her money to buy one, so Sylvia one day came home and she had a gym outfit and she claimed to have found it at -hmm. school. Um, But Gertrude said, no, you stole it. Um, And she beat Sylvia until she confessed that she had stolen it, then slapped, kicked, and whipped her with a belt, um, then started turned back to like the whole promiscuity thing um, and began kicking her in the crotch over and over and over again. Uh, Then Gertrude decided she wasn't allowed to go back to school. So uh, she prohibited her from going back to school. And later that day, she decided she was going to punish her more for the the theft, the supposed alleged theft. So she uh, lit a match and put them to all of her fingers and then gave her another (sighs) whipping. And this is where... Gertrude kind of got this idea for heat torture, which is just as bad as it sounds. Oh, my God. And some people think this came from one of Gertrude's abusive boyfriends, Dennis Wright, who had once put a cigarette out on her neck. And so maybe, like, that's what triggered, like, the idea. But um, she started encouraging children to burn Sylvia with cigarettes and lit matches uh, along with other physical abuse. One time, Paula, the older sister who was pregnant, hit Sylvia so hard that she broke her hand, and then she used the cast to beat her afterward. Oh, my God. As, like, a punishment. Oh, my God. And then kids in the neighborhood who would hang around started assaulting Sylvia. Uh-huh. Like that was in the movie. A pastime. Yeah, it would be like everyone would race home from school to, like, like tie her to a pole in the basement just beat the shit out of her yeah and like they would each be doing it in their own sick way all at one time yeah and they're kids yeah and like the little sister like they eventually started like getting the little sister to do it too and everything it's very fucked up um continue i guess and that's where uh things started becoming like sexual nature Um, oh my god but they've been it's been called a sexless sex crime what the fuck does that mean like nobody oh i'll tell you um so the teasing and verbal abuse about her like promiscuity Uh got really bad then it escalated into kicking her in the crotch um there was never a rape or a forced sexual act but the autopsy later revealed that sylvia's genital region was swollen and horribly mauled 
Fuck. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. She was beaten so bad down there that she became incontinent. Oh, my God. Um, And one night she wet the bed and her abusers decided that uh, that meant she had to go live in the basement with the dog um, because she was too dirty to live with human beings. So she was no longer allowed to use the toilet. um, And so she had to like just go go like on her in her own clothes on the floor where where she was trapped in the basement. Um, And then the Banishevskys decided that she was too disgusting. So they forced a a bathing regimen on her. Um, and several of the children or, and or Gertrude would force her into scalding hot water as hot as they could make it. Um, and then Paula, the older sister would rub salt into all of Sylvia's wounds. Oh my God. Oh my God. She wasn't allowed to wear clothes, uh, for days at a time. So she'd be forced to like walk around naked. Um, and that made it easier for the neighborhood kids to torture her. So they would burn, punch, uh, bu- punch her, push her down the stairs, and then they would force her to walk back up the stairs so they could push her back down the stairs. Um, she wasn't really allowed to eat, so sometimes for fun they would let her come up from the cellar. Then they would give her a bowl of soup and tell her to eat it with her fingers, and she would try because she was so hungry, and then they would immediately take it away and make her go back downstairs. Um, at one point, she had to eat feces and drink urine. No. There was one story I read. I didn't write it down, but um, <clears throat> one of the earlier things that had happened was that I don't even remember what instigated it, but basically she had a hot dog and they pa- like her Frankfurt or whatever, and they would pass it around and every kid would like, there were nine other people in this room. They would all put like condiments on it, like whatever, mustard, mayonnaise, mm-hmm. uh, ketchup, whatever, yeah, and pass it around. And then when it got to her, they forced her to eat the whole thing. God. And she she ate it, and she vomited, and then they made her eat her own vomit. Oh, my God. That this was horrible. I know. That was one of the first things that happened. So, yeah. So, it just got worse. Um, so, mm. some people at this point, you know, wonder, like, why didn't anyone say something? Um, it's just one of those weird situations. Sylvia and Jenny had told their older sister, Diana, but she thought they were just exaggerating and... How do you just exaggerate something like that? It's like, it's not like someone saying they grounded me for a million years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, I'm like, everything you just listed. I don't even know how to like shorten everything that just happened. I'm getting tortured. I'm getting actually tortured. But you think like in the sixties too, if you're like, oh, she beat me up. It's like, well, she probably did something bad. You know, that's like, true. Child abuse was very different back then than now. And so like nowadays if someone's like, oh, she hit her in the head. It's like. Right. No, that's not okay. Back then it was like... You can't like, even spank your kid now without like someone like... Totally. ...calling child services. And back then it was like... Not uh, to be that person, but a lot of kids deserve to get smacked these days. I have differing viewpoints, but <laughs> we can talk about those in a Patreon mini episode. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could do it, but they're like... I'm talking like toddlers on the plane. You know what I mean? No. Like, I just want to... I just want to just make them stop. I just want to make them stop. You, as a stranger, want to hit them? I don't want to hit them. I just want to, like, metaphorically hit them. Okay. Um, Sure. So, basically, everybody they told was like, oh, come on, like, you're being dramatic. And I guess the dad, when the dad had dropped them off there, he had told Gertrude, like, oh, their mother um, lets them do whatever they want. you got to rule them with a hard fist. So, like, he had basically set up, like, they need to be punished like if they do something bad and 
he didn't even the father didn't even like check out the the um the living situation like he never he came by a couple times never asked how they were never looked into like the, it's just awful like he just didn't really give a shit honestly um and he said he didn't want to pry that was his oh that's nice that was his reasoning and it's like you didn't want to pry into how your two young daughters were living mm. okay yeah i mean i don't even know what to say to that you're just a shitty guy yeah oh yeah so um did he like at least have an inkling at all no i mean he probably did but he didn't like look into it like, well he, i mean did like the did they like mask it while he was there or something like put clothes on her and let her pee in a toilet um he would stop by and they'd be like oh they're busy or they're not here or mostly what usually happened when people stopped by to check on sylvia and there was even a um a nurse who came by who worked for i think child protective services who said oh i heard there's a child here who has open sores and gertrude said um oh she's a prostitute i kicked her out uh, she just has sex for money, and we didn't want her here anymore. And they were standing above where Sylvia was chained up in the basement. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it was like Gertrude set up this – there was even like a reverend because they were fundamental Christians who came by and would like check in on the family because that's what they did. You know, they would go to like mm-hmm. families' households and check in. And she would always just bitch and moan about how Sylvia was the worst child and like the most – promiscuous horrible so she would just set her up as like the worst yeah human. i mean so she just had the reputation town wide totally and she's like she got pregnant out of wedlock like it was just really bad so she would just give her this terrible reputation um and at one point their older sister diana visited the home to check on the sisters um and gertrude wouldn't let her inside and then threatened to have her arrested for trespassing so she couldn't even come in the door and then um at one point diana saw jenny the younger sister in the street and jenny said i can't talk to you or i'll get in trouble so she was like i can't even talk to you and i mean she was probably like 13 or 14 um so she told jenny that if she said one word against gertrude or if she said one word about their living situation she would receive the same treatment her sister sylvia was getting jesus yeah so she was terrified so after a while like sylvia was living in the basement at this point um with the dog Mm mm-hmm uh, they allowed Sylvia to return to sleeping in a bed upstairs, uh, but she told, but Gertrude told the boys, two of the boys, to tie Sylvia to the bed so she couldn't get up in the night to go to the bathroom. Oh my god! Because uh, she wasn't allowed to use the bathroom until she learned not to wet the bed. And again, she was incontinent because they had beaten her so badly down right. there um, that she wet the bed that night. Oh my god! And she hadn't been using a toilet for like, you know, weeks or whatever. So it's like it's easy to just yeah. Yeah, she would lose control when yeah. you you're not ever having to think about it. When you're 16 and terrified. incontinent, <laughs> incontinent and terrified. So the next morning, um, this is awful. This is the part you were mentioning. Uh, so the next morning, uh, Gertrude forced Sylvia to do a strip tease in front of all the children. Then she forced her to shove a Coca Cola bottle up her vagina. Mm-hmm. And it was the 1960s, so it was like that. The really the glass ones. The glass ones that are much larger than they are today. And um, made her do like that. Like the whole bottle? The whole bottle? The I whole, don't know. Oh, my God. I don't know. Oh, my God. 
Um, oh my god. Then she told her and she was naked. Like she would make her walk around naked in front of the kids to humiliate her. Oh my god. Okay. She told her it was time for another punishment for slandering her daughters at school cuz remember This they, happened like a year ago at this point. Oh Get yeah. the fuck over it. They're just trying to find reasons. Oh like my god. not reasons, excuses. Okay. Um So what happened? She said Sylvia had branded her daughters, so she was going to brand Sylvia. Oh my fucking god. So, what did they brand on her? You don't want to know. Just tell me. But I'm going to tell you. So Gertie, good old Gertie, uh, told one of the neighborhood boys, Ricky, that he should tattoo Sylvia. And he was like, awesome. I would love to do that. So they forcibly stripped her, tied her down and gagged her. Uh, Gertie heated a sewing needle and carved an I apostrophe and part of an M into her. Uh Uh-huh. Then told Ricky to finish the job. So Ricky took the needle um, and started carving with the fire, like he, the uh-huh, flame uh-huh. and then carving into her. Hot needle. And he asked, how do you spell prostitute? So Gertrude wrote it down on a piece of paper and he proceeded to write the words, I'm a prostitute and proud of it into her stomach. Oh my God. Um, a few minutes later, Ricky, Paula, and 10-year-old Shirley, 10-year-old, decided they were going to brand Sylvia again. So they started to carve the letter S for slave into her chest. Uh, Then they ordered Jenny, the younger sister, Mm -hmm. to burn her. Uh, She outright refused. The sister was like, I don't even care what happens. Like, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead, 10-year-old Shirley decided to finish the S for slave and she did it crooked, like she did the curve the wrong way because she's fucking 10. Mm-hmm. And it turned into a three instead of an S. Mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, Gertie, the mother, taunted in front of all the children, quote, what are you going to do now, Sylvia? You can't get married now. You can't undress in front of anyone. What are you going to do? Oh, my God. And Sylvia was just crying and crying. And she said, I guess there's nothing I can do. It's on there. So, after that fucking horrible mutilation, uh, they forced Sylvia back down to the basement where Stephanie's boyfriend decided to practice some judo on her. Um, Jenny came down to see her that night, her younger sister, and apparently Sylvia told her, I'm going to die, I can tell. Oh my god. Which just breaks my heart. (sighs) Um. Oh my god. Apparently, Gertrude decided she didn't want Sylvia to die just yet. So she came down with an offer of crackers to feed her. And Sylvia said, give it to the dog. It's hungrier than I am. Jesus. Because she had kind of given up. Right, yeah. It was numb. Um, And at that, uh, Gertrude punched her repeatedly in the stomach. Uh, The next day, Gertrude forced Sylvia to write a letter to her parents. Um, I'm just going to read this to you real quick. This is the letter that Sylvia was forced to write. To Mr. and Mrs. Likens, I went with a gang of boys in the middle of the night, and they said that they would pay me if I would give them something. So I got in the car, and they all got what they wanted. And when they got finished, they beat me up and left sores on my face and all over my body. And they also put on my stomach, I am a prostitute and proud of it. I've done just about everything that I could do just to make Gertie mad and cause Gertie more money, cost Gertie more money than she's got. 
I've tore up a new mattress and peed on it. I have also cost Gertie doctor bills that she really can't pay and made Gertie a nervous wreck and all her kids. So that's the letter she was forced to write. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so that night, Sylvia overheard uh, Gertrude and her kids talking about how they were going to drop, uh, take Sylvia and drop her in the woods, drop her body in the woods. Um, she told John and Jenny that they were going to be the ones to drop her there. Um, so Sylvia was like, they're going to kill me and tried to make an escape attempt. Mm-hmm. So she ran to the front door, but Gertrude caught her just as she was about to make it to the porch. Shit. Then she dragged her to the kitchen, offered her some toast, but she was so ill that she couldn't swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, and since she couldn't eat the toast, uh, Gertrude beat her across the mouth with a curtain rod. Holy crap. Oh, my God. So the next day, October 24th, Gertrude and John both beat the girl. Uh, Gertrude swung at her with a chair, but it broke before it hit her. And then she was so frustrated that she tried to hit her with a paddle, but hit herself instead and blacked her own eye. Um, Then Coy Hubbard, the boyfriend, stopped by and hit Sylvia in the head with a broomstick, which knocked her unconscious. Oh, my God. Apparently, during that night, Sylvia pounded on the floor of her basement prison with a shovel and neighbors were so annoyed that they almost called the police but didn't oh my god and then the next day sylvia was taken upstairs for a bath and it was actually like a normal bath like it was just a warm bath comforting bath um but she was placed in the tub fully clothed and when she was taken out stephanie and ricky realized that sylvia wasn't actually breathing anymore so uh, Stephanie attempted to give CPR to uh, Sylvia and couldn't revive her. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sylvia was dead. And she was 16 years old. Um, Mrs. Wright, Gertrude, told Ricky, the son, to call the cop, Or uh, I think Ricky was the neighbor, to call the cops. Um, and he had to go to a pay phone to call the cops. And when the police got to the house, um, Gertrude handed them the letter that she had forced mm-hmm. uh, her to write. And uh, said, oh, you know, these guys took her away and she just came back. She was always so sexually promiscuous, whatever, whatever. And as they were, as they found the body, like the horribly emaciated, abused body, Jenny, the younger sister, went up to the police and said, like whispered, get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. (sighs) So this is what happened to everybody. Gertrude Banaszewski was arrested for murder, and so were Paula, Stephanie, John, Richard Hobbs, and Coy Hubbard. Um, most of the younger ones, when they were questioned, said, I only did it because Gertie told me to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to remember, these kids were like 10 or 11, and Gertrude Yeah, but was, some of them were old enough to know this was fucked up. Sure, like 16, 17, but like... The only person, like, it's been dis- it's been compared to Lord of the Flies, except that there was an adult telling them what to right. do. And, like, the older ones did get charged, but the ones who were children, like, 10 or 11, they... Yeah. I know. I get it. Um, so, the, the autopsy showed that Sylvia died from uh, a hemorrhage in her brain, shock from her wounds, and malnutrition. It also showed that Sylvia's fingernails. Oh my god! Had broken. Oh from, my! 
Oh my god. From bending backward. Oh my god. From clawing. Oh my god. Oh my god. And she had bitten her lower lip so deeply it was severed. Oh my god. She had suffered hundreds of burns, bruises, muscle and nerve damage. Her vaginal cavity was so swollen that it was almost swollen shut. But her hymen was still intact, so indicating A, that they didn't sexually assault her in like the traditional uh-huh. sense, and B, that she wasn't promiscuous and had never been pregnant like they had uh-huh. convinced her. Um, so Gertrude, or Gertie, was uh, sentenced to life in prison. Um, she was sent to Indiana Women's Prison and was considered a model prisoner. She even earned the nickname of Mom in prison. Uh so she was actually paroled in 1985, got out early uh, because of good behavior. She moved to Iowa, changed her name to Nadine Van Fossen, and five years later, she died of lung cancer. Good. She never took responsibility for her crimes. Uh, she claimed she couldn't remember them, and she also claimed that the Lord had forgiven her, so she was fine. Um, in 1966, uh, Paula, the, the pregnant daughter who actually had a baby during all the trials, uh, was convicted of second-degree murder. But when her conviction was overturned on a technicality, she pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter um, and only got 2 to 21 years. She attempted a prison break in 1971, Uh but was paroled in 1972. So she was released in 1970. Even after trying to break out? Uh Uh-huh. The year later, she was paroled. Uh Two years after that, she was completely released. Um, she changed her name to Paula Pace, which actually recently came out. Like, they just recently found her. Um, oh, wow. Her name's Paula Pace now. Uh, she lives in Iowa, in Marshalltown, Iowa. She was actually working for the school system in Conrad, Iowa. Oh, my God. And uh, she had two grown sons, and she wasn't charged with any additional crimes after they found her, but they also she was also fired from her job because she had... Uh, provided false information on her employee application. Mm-hmm. So uh, she has slipped off the grid since then. Stephanie, the second youngest, um, who also spent a lot of time abusing her, mm-hmm. served no time. Um, what the hell? She was 15 at the time. She did admit to participating to some degree, but she was granted a special trial because she was a minor. And um, actually all charges were dropped against her because she agreed to turn... Um, evidence against her entire family and so she gave a lot of okay uh information to prosecutors um apparently she changed her name married had children worked as a teacher and now lives in florida hmm. um john banishevsky was the third oldest of the children he was an active participant in sylvia's torture and was 12 when she died he was convicted of manslaughter he became indian estate reformatory's youngest inmate he only served two years before he was released. He changed his name to John Blake and drifted aimlessly before apparently experiencing a religious epiphany. Okay. Um, that he said helped him see the error of his ways. Uh, okay. So he's actually the only member of the entire family to show any remorse for his deeds. Well, that's nice of him. Yeah, good job. Uh, he has actually made no attempt to hide his past and even spoke about it publicly on occasion. Um, He's apparently a lay minister nowadays and a real estate agent with a wife and three kids. Oh, not nowadays. He died of cancer in 2005. Okay. At the age of 52. That's the other thing I found out with this story. A lot of the people involved died really young. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's called karma. Yeah. 
at age of 52. Um, this is <laughs> this is a really funny quote that I found in an article. I think it was the one from um, the Indianapolis Monthly. Um, and it said, <laughs> in a masterpiece of understatement, he once told a reporter that, quote, my mom was a very selfish, self-centered woman. Hmm. In a masterpiece of understatement. Yeah, right. Yes. I just love that. <laughs> Good writing. So Marie um, was the fourth oldest. Uh, she was 11 when the torture took place. No charges were brought against her. She testified during the trial, and she was the only member of the Banishevsky family to cry on, on stand. Well, yep. at least one of them has a heart. Yep. One of or them, really knows how to act. One of them cried. Um, she reportedly still lives in Indiana. Uh, then Shirley is the 10-year-old who was told to do the needle thing. Um, she was the youngest in the family to actively participate in the torture. Mm -hmm. So she was 10. Um, she was never charged with a crime, and nobody knows where she is nowadays. Probably for the best. Probably. Uh, James Banishevsky was only eight, so he was not even called to testify or arrested. Um, even though he probably pay did play a role in the crime. Mm -hmm. uh, the least is known about him out of all the siblings. Coy Hubbard is the boyfriend. Right, the judo guy. The judo guy. Um, he was a full participant in Sylvia's torture. His, quote, contributions included using her for judo flips, punches, shoving her down the basement stairs. Uh, he was convicted of manslaughter, but he only served two years before being released. Um, okay, so they're all dying early, which is great in my opinion but they're also all getting out of jail like it's nothing oh extremely early there was an entire article i read that was like nobody served the proper time for this that's so fucked i up. mean even the mom gertrude who started the who instigated and led this entire thing yeah was in jail for a few years and had good behavior so she was and was called mom so she was Ugh, jesus let free so with coy hubbard uh, he never changed his name, which was odd because most of them did. Uh, he remained in Indianapolis most of his adult life and was apparently tried for another murder in 1982. Wow. I know, but he was acquitted. Uh, he also, in 2007, when the movie An American Crime, is that the one that you watched? Yeah. Yep. When that was released, he lost his job. Good. Yeah. Good, good, good. And that year he died. Oh, also good. But also... How do you possibly get acquitted for a murder in the 80s when you're attached to the Sylvia Likens situation? Like, if you're part of that case and then you're tried for murder again, why isn't that an immediate... Um, yeah, that's a good point. But at the same time, the um, when Paula was tried, the reason she got a retrial is because her defense argued that um, the jury was biased because they had seen media coverage about the about the whole murder and everything. Yeah. So they both, she and her mother, Gertrude, got a retrial because they claimed that, well, people were biased because they had media influence. So, like, oh. that alone is enough to be damaging. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So they're not allowed to even touch that right. in a trial. So, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of as, like, a reason why that wouldn't contribute. Mm -hmm. But who knows? Um, okay, so Richard Hobbs was another neighborhood kid who tortured Sylvia. He was the one who wrote, I'm a prostitute and proud of it, into her stomach. Okay. Um, he was convicted of manslaughter. He served a short sentence and died of cancer at the age of 21. Good. 
Diana Likens, the older sister, uh, who had run into Jenny, who said, right. I can't tell you anything, and who wouldn't, who uh, Gertrude wouldn't let into the house. Um, she had contacted social services, actually, at one point. And when the social worker showed up at the residence, uh, Jenny told her that Sylvia had run away because she, because Gertrude told her, if you tell right. her anything else, I will do exactly what I did to Sylvia to you. Right. Um, so no further action was taken. So actually, this was really interesting to me. Uh, Diana made headlines recently. I don't know if you heard this story. She and her husband, uh, Cecil Paul Knudsen, uh, it says, comma, both diabetics, comma. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, that's our descriptor. That's someday people will report about us. Like, Christine <laughs> Schieffer and M. Schultz, both lunatics. <laughs> both lushes. <laughs> really weird. And both. One an alcoholic yeah. and. <laughs> One probably diabetic in the future. <laughs> um, apparently, they got lost. At, I've heard, I remember hearing about this. They got lost in the California backcountry and were stranded in their car for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Did you hear about this? No. They, it was like pretty recent. They were stranded in their car um, and they had nothing to sustain them but rainwater, a pie, and some oranges. Uh, and Newtson, the, the man, her husband, didn't survive. Oh, shit. Yeah, and he died of a heart attack after one week. And she stayed there a second week and survived. Wait, why were they stuck in this car? It's, apparently they got stranded somewhere in like really rural California. Like, in the middle Shit. of nowhere. Yeah. I remember this happening, actually. Um, so, he died of a heart attack within the first week. And then two weeks... Or a week later, Diana was almost dead. But she was discovered by off-roaders who were just happened to be driving by. Jesus. And rescued. Um, so, that's just a weird turn. Because I remember that happening. And I had no idea that had any connection to this case. But, yeah. So, apparently, none of these people ended up uh, having... Good lives. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise well, there. I'm not going to pretend to be shocked. Yeah, real big surprise. So. I'm not going to pretend to feel really sad about it. Yeah. So that's the Sylvia Likens. I'm really glad to get that off my chest because I have spent a long time researching this and avoiding it. Yeah, I felt secondary pressure from right. knowing you were to do this eventually. I know. You knew it was coming, but you didn't know when. Yeah. yeah. It's over. Okay. Well, that was pretty horrible. <laughs> it's pretty horrible. It's called the, the worst crime in Indiana. Yeah, sounds like it. On one little girl. Um, it's really heartbreaking. Uh, the the dad always said, well, I didn't know. You know, he always claimed like he had no idea. The Gertrude always said, oh, well, the Lord has forgiven me. It wasn't really my fault. And her mother, who had been in jail when she ended up at Gertrude's house, apparently was so devastated by it that, like, on the witness stand, she didn't, she hardly, she couldn't even speak. Um and she died shortly after, too. Hmm. It's just very... Well, I don't know what to say. Fucking tragic. This is where we all take a second and appreciate that that did not happen to us. I almost called my mom, like... Yeah. Just kidding. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. What, what did you said before? Well, just like... <laughs> I'm just kidding about every... Of everything thing. I've ever said. Yeah, every complaint I've ever had about you. The From uh, 2005 to 2009, oh, everything. Yeah. Just kidding. There's a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's the Sylvia Ligon's case, and it's really devastating. Um, but here we are. It is fascinating how, like, back then, um, like, Child Protective Services would just come over and be like, 
okay, she's a prostitute. All right, we'll put it down in our notes. Right, right, right. You know, it's just interesting how different it is nowadays. Mm-hmm. Where, like, people believe the children over the adults. <sighs> Listen. Listen. Had to get it out there. I didn't like it. Sylvia, I hope you're a Nigerian prince now in your reincarnated life. Oh, wow. That's, a, that's a lot of hoping on a lot of levels. I do. I hope she's just... Well, I, I hope she deserves... I hope she has whatever she deserves, and she deserves the world, so... Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't even know what to say. So, anyway, you want to talk about slag pots again? I want to talk about something funny. Maybe I'll read a a geohoroscope. Okay, yeah. I keep typing in geohoroscope into Google as if that's a thing. (laughs) God damn it. It's weird because when you started that sentence, I was like, well, yeah, that's what you would do. I typed in... (laughs) Yeah, geohoroscope, right. I typed in GI, and it was like... It filled the search thing, and it was like, geohoroscope. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yep, I've done that before. That's not sad at all. Okay. Okay, ready? Yeah. All right, Geo, here you go. Lend me your ears. These new folks you've been seeing so much of lately, they're really something, aren't they? Yeah, they are. You feel quite happily involved with them. Gee. In fact, it probably feels as if you've known them all for far longer than you actually have. I literally tell Gio all the time that we're from another life. Yep. Well, that's a big plus, and you'll be seeing a great deal of them over the next few weeks. Gio, it's us. Just don't forget your old friends, a.k.a. me, in the process. <laughs> why not get everyone together? Gio, we can have a party. I don't understand why we can't. Why we can't. Because you and Gio spend all your time head wrestling. Every single time I think about you, me, and Gio hanging out together, even in my, like, in my fantasy world of us like like when i daydream about the three of us hanging out you're like in the corner somewhere like i'm, I'm not involved like i you're know not even you're third wheeled in my that's, in my false world right sure that's what i'm saying so so you maybe know. you should listen to this horoscope oh maybe it's actually for me and include me yeah this is actually your horoscope <laughs> it's just a psa that i need to learn to share my friends remember that time i tried to look up both like the gemini friend horoscope and it was just like your sexual compatibility and we were like let's not let's not discuss that on the podcast (laughs) there should be like a gemini friendship i mean horoscope right yeah gemini friendships gemini's have a knack for spotting each other from across a crowded room hey buddy they're usually in crowded rooms since they are such social creatures probably intelligent duh witty (laughs) yes charming i try duh Gemini loves a good discussion. LOL, I like how we have an actual podcast. <laughs> That's why they enjoy the company of other twins. Masters of trivia. Oh, God, this is that really... Is literally... Oh, no. Me. Remember that time I beat you at Scooby-Doo trivia? Let's not talk about it. Masters of trivia, these two friends swap facts and anecdotes. Wow. The way kids trade baseball cards. Yes, we do. When these two get bored of one another, they'll easily part ways, but then come together later when they have more stories to share. We really are, like, the perfect match. I think that's a good match, right? I mean, they didn't describe anything I wouldn't say about us. Right. We, it, have, a, we have a very... It's very weird. It's very... We're very lucky. It's very lucky. It's very I don't have weird. this, I don't think, with anyone else. And it's not like we've been friends for many, many years or anything. Not even close to many moons. We have, I think, and we haven't even been good friends for a year. Literally, okay, but we have to have. Wait, our friend anniversary is coming up. When? November. Bitch, are you serious? <laughs> well, listen, I didn't know if you were counting like, Miss, oh, well, no, like Professor Loman's class or something. Were we friends then? Well, we sat next to each other. But were we friends? Well, you told me all about your insomnia. 
well, I you were next to, to me. I tried to support you. You did. You were well. You and also you voted me. for me. Remember when we had to vote for each other's scripts? I did. I knew even then you should be a Nickelodeon writer. Aw, I said it. So sweet. Okay, so basically what we just did was talk about something really horrible and then turned it into something about ourselves. That's what we do, guys. <laughs> Typical Gemini. <laughs> Typical <laughs> twins. Ugh. We talk about It's things. our air sign, obviously. Listen, we <laughs> care a lot about ourselves. Um, we're really self-centered. But we really are true to form Geminis, a thousand percent. Oh, every, for sure. Every Communicators. I will say also that um, I'm pretty sure the sun shines out of my butthole. Right. I don't. I don't know if you guys agree. I mean, I have the same condition. Sure, yeah. So it's like tough, but you know, we make it work. We do what we can. It's fine. Anyway, guys. Anyway, uh, the only thing I have to say is, by the time this comes out, there's like four days left until the next listeners episode. <gasps> so get your stories in. Email them to me because I sit there in the morning and read them and get chills. This morning, I, <laughs> I'm not joking. I responded. This person will probably know if they listen to this. I responded like, I'm sitting here at eight in the morning with my coffee in full on daylight. And I got like creeped out and had to close the blinds. Cause oh, I cool. Got chills. Like some of them are so fucking creepy. I'm just as in the dark as everyone listening. Because Christine reads them and I <laughs> I'm like, really, really like ruining the behind the scenes movie magic of this. Huh? I'm like the Steven and the Christine of the podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, here, read this. I don't know what it says. Not. Uh, you do so much for this show. No, you do. Sh- literally. Don't even say that. You started this show. I started it and you are continuing and will be ending it. We'll be ending it. Okay. Well, wait, no, we won't. I take that. I take that. I back. hope not. Well, are we going to do this until we're 90? But I'm ho- I hope I'm not the reason we end it. Oh, well, I don't want to be I hope it's either. at least a mutual decision. You know how it's going to be, that furry fucker over there. Oh, it's fucking there. Geo, you're right. He's just going to, he's not going to need us anymore. I feel bitter. He's going to find his own platform. Uh, oh, yeah. And so, you're going to just ride the coattails, aren't you? Gonna happily. ride the wave of Geo. I've plotted out my whole life of fame. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys. Thanks, I guess, for enduring that with us. We really do apologize from the bottom of our hearts. Mm-hmm. For everything, really. Yeah. Dad, are you still here? <laughs> no, probably not. My dad didn't even begin. <laughs> oh, no. My dad listens to the beginning to see if I'm moving to a new house and then, like, immediately turns it off. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> well. And. That's. Why. We. Drink. drink. <laughs> good job. Episode 30 in the books. In the books. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.